Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here at the city of Chicago. Join me here, Ben Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Yes, let's go! That was totally fake. Yeah, it was good though. You sold it. Yeah. So joining us, Jed Brewer, director of Mission USA Productions. I too want to go. <laughs> it is good to go. <laughs> Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Media Church, Lee Younger. Where did you get that super weird voice that you do, man? I mean, that thing is so, it's like, it's almost like I'm watching the Puppet Master or something like that. I, well, one thing we know is it'll be fun for me when I go back through editing this to change all the levels to make sure that Jed is audible for that four seconds where he's we decided whispering into the microphone was the way to go. And, and he's the one Jed with Brewer. the most audio experience by right. a long Recording stretch. industry professional. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, this, every part of this show is just my revenge on the world. Yeah, well, we've had several episodes where Jed is leaning back two feet from the mic, eating chips while trying to be understood. <laughs> yeah, because out of all of us, he knows exactly what to do. And then it's right. it's almost like, here's what it's like. It's like the way that people describe how you like how you do jazz music, you know, like <laughs> to do jazz, you have to learn all the rules of music. And then once you've learned them all, then you can decide which ones you want to break. It's like right. it's th- that's what Jed's just doing, like audio jazz. Right, exactly right. It's it's all of the audio misbehavior I don't do. That's where the magic is. And speaking of that, I declare an emergency. <laughs> really? Speaking of that? Yeah, I I I, I don't I don't know. Oh, uh, I was going to enjoy someone else stumbling through a segue for once on this show. The, but the, this is a this oh, is a love okay. emergency. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> I just bumped the uh, Matt's leg under the table and. Uh, then I accidentally bumped it a second time to where it looked like I was being intentional. So I just grabbed his thigh. Even with a firm squeeze and, the, and, and then you said the phrase love emergency. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. But this so, is a different kind of love emergency. It, it, I hope, please, Lord. It got creepy in here real fast, y'all. But here's what happens. We have a love emergency, y'all. Um, here's what happens. People listen to this podcast. Uh, yeah, at first they're lonely, they're single, they, they don't know what to do. They, you know, they want to find love and romance and, uh, have, uh, close intimate relationships and special hugs and then babies that result from those special kind of hugs. And they're like, how am I going to do it? What's going to happen? But what happens is you listen to this podcast, boom, married, dealt with, you get married from listening to this podcast and we have proof. Total proof. Tell tell them the story, Lee Younger. For possibly the first time ever, we say something on this podcast in the emergency section, and we have proof of it actually yeah. happening. It's, it's you, actually we, true. It happened. We had a say that marriage that actually nice. went down in the nice. real world. Was it a say that honeymoon? What? <laughs> what? Was that a say that honeymoon? No. <laughs> no. You know, I just put that ball in the tea and Red just fl- like everybody was like I were leaving no. alone on that one. Red flagging my own podcast. Here's the thing. Please, you please guys, save us with a lovely story. You guys listening to the podcast don't know this, but Glenn actually really enjoys golf and is actually really good at it. And he actually has a club in the bag that he calls El Diablo. Yes. And I feel well, like Callaway named it El Diablo. Yeah, and uh, and I feel like he just metaphorically every now and then does that to us. Right, yes, just brings out El Diablo, and y'all deal with it. 
Yeah. Whoever well, that is. Well, yeah, I, 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 whenever I hit a good shot with El Diablo, I, I say uh, the guy at the store sold it to me, but I had to sign a contract. But El Diablo has been helping me, whoever that is. <laughs> he's, he's really, Down at the Crossroads <laughs> Golf Supply. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, But what happens is, uh, tell them, Lee, because people think, will, will, the people say, will I ever get married? You know what? The, this podcast has married people. Well, and the other thing is, is that I think people, you know, during the emergency section, people kind of listen and they, they, you know, the guys are cutting up. They're, they're laughing. I'm laughing on my treadmill. I might fall down and stuff like that. It's all, right. it's all, you know, who knows? You really shouldn't be recording while you're on that treadmill, Lee. <laughs> no, the people listening to the, you know. Oh, so the the whole thing here is that they, they probably think we're just joking around, but human beings are actually getting together and and yes. getting married. So here's what we have: we have uh, we have human uh, beings only. We will not oversee your cat marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I know you think they look cute in the little tuxedos, but we just won't be a party to it. That's right. We draw the Thank line you. there. Thank you for clearing that up. That's a, say that legal services. We want you to gotta, make sure you can't give these people an. You got to close all That's the loopholes. Right. Well, That's so the right. deal is, is that we've got some uh, some good friends, some say that super fans down in Charleston, South Ooh. Carolina. Uh, David Sherduan and Lauren Smith, as was they, you know, right. they were dating each other. They got engaged. They they've been they've been uh, you know. Writing into the podcast and to blogs for a long, long time, listening to the show for a long time, they've gotten a lot of help from Glenn on a lot of issues, and they've they've you know written me some questions and stuff like that. They actually these folks actually there's a, a contingent of folks at the the College of Charleston who believe it or not started a small group around this podcast where they listen to the show and then they they look up the scriptures that we reference, they encourage each other, they talk about the stuff that we talk about on the on the show. And the and David and Lauren they got engaged and they uh, you know as I said they 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 got Glenn to help them with a lot of stuff they called me and asked if I you know because I, my day job is I'm a pastor I do a lot of premarital counseling do a lot of weddings and stuff and they said would you be willing to kind of talk us through kind of a premarital counseling you know course and I said sure and so we did that thing and then I actually went to Charleston and officiated there marriage oh yeah <laughs> so, nice here's what i'm saying now, is part of their and and you know and i've been trying to get people to do this for years they they you know when they make the little program and they they'll say like the minister or the reverend or the officiant yes. and i always try to get them to put the president because i'm presiding yeah. over the wedding yeah right. nobody will ever do that but i'm i'm waiting that's... for the day that they're gonna say president of the wedding and that's my job. But I presided over the wedding. We we did the we did the wedding. And the coolest thing was is, you know, just getting to meet these super fans and then the whole like say that small group. Uh there I met uh Amy and Stefan and Joel woo, and Megan, woo, Chris, woo, and woo, met some other folks. Woo. And these are these are folks that listen to the show, love the show, helping each other grow in their walk with the Lord and everything. Very, very cool deal. So now it's David and Lauren Sherdowan. Married, boom, dealt with, done. Now, if I feel the need to point out, so I saved Glenn doing it himself. It has to be pointed out, some of you are sitting at home thinking, Lee's fantastic, and he does a lot of good premarital counseling. And right. I've actually been to a good half dozen weddings that Lee's officiated myself. He does a great job. Okay. But Lee's popular. He's very popular. Very popular. 
He he's not necessarily the most popular person on the podcast. No, no. no. <laughs> so why was it just geographical proximity that led Lee to doing this? And it certainly was. And they wanted Lee. They they enjoy right. Lee. Right. Did they ask Glenn? Well, they tried to. At which point, Glenn informed them that he has intentionally never gotten ordained by anyone after right. 25 years in ministry. And why is that, Glenn? Because I don't want to do people's weddings. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's actually true. But now here's a, here's a fun fact. Now, you probably y'all, this was happening. You're at home, and you're saying, I'm hearing this podcast. I'm hearing about people getting married. You know what? I went in on that. Sure, absolutely. Okay, first of all, uh, find you a person. Yeah. That's step one. Okay. Step two is we send <laughs> Lee. That enough? Yes, person. We will. N- we. I just. I just restrained myself, and did. I am so ahead, proud. Did, did you have something you want to jump in there and say? No. Nope. Stop it, okay. Jed. Just said to me that having to edit this podcast for the third time ever. Thank you, Jed. Here's what you I'm saying. Like, you find you a person, a uh, lovely person. You know, opposite gender, you. loves Jesus. These are the. These are the things. That's it. Now, here's what happens. You find your person, and you call us up. On the hotline, say emergency, and then we dispatch. What hundred say that? We dispatch Lee to wherever you're at, and he immediately marries you. Quick, light the Lee signal because that's that's what Lee's all about. Now is how many of these can I do? <laughs> that, that's, the that's statement's not on. endorsed by say that podcast or the state of Lee Younger. or by Lee. <laughs> but, but, I think it's just because he's got a burden for it. As now, I dude. mentioned, brother Lee. He, you know, he does the youth ministry. Anybody knows the youth ministry? You get called into a lot of weddings. I think Lee has done either whole or in part no less than four weddings this summer. Wow. Yeah. Three at least that I've been at. Lee's all booked up, folks. Yeah. yeah. Got to find someone else to do your weddings. Here's the thing. We'll, we love you. We want to we be part of the process. Actually, David and Lauren at different times called and emailed all three of these guys to get some marriage advice. Yeah. Yep. We're happy to do that. We love you. We want you to have good marriage. We want to give you advice. I can say this unequivocally. Nobody on this podcast wants to do your wedding. <laughs> well, no, Glenn and Jed don't even want to be at any no, wedding. It has no, nothing to do totally with you. I it's not the you part that's wedding. the problem. It's the wedding part. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, somebody tell, tell, tell a story about the sand ceremony. Oh, we have told that on the podcast? No. Oh, okay. Very quickly, we had an intern a while back. Who, uh, helped us out in our ministry. Uh, she's going to get married and uh, uh, off in Indiana. And she really, 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 really super really wanted uh, Jed and I to both participate in her wedding. And we Why s- on earth we could not begin <laughs> I, to explain? I couldn't explain it to you. And we both said, oh, that's nice, but you really don't want that at all. <laughs> And, she's like, and no. I had you up till like six in the morning the night before because yes. we were shooting a music video. Oh, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. Here in Chicago, yeah. right? So okay. sabotaging each other is one of the things we do best on this show. So yeah, we, we you know on no sleep we're gonna go to Indiana to to this wedding, and she's a very sweet guy. Yeah, absolutely. He's a very sweet guy. They're both their parents are both like in missions or something, something. whatever. So that's like a nice Christian thing. You don't want us at this thing, let yeah. alone anywhere in the front. So um, uh, 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 Jed gets up there, 
and you had sort of uh, you had some some issues there. Well, I had been asked to just kind of play some music before the ceremony, just to keep people entertained. Kind of what everybody's milling around, and exactly. A right. lot of places would use a sound system for that, but they just got a jed. They got yeah. a jed, and to paint the picture, it's the middle of July at a state park in Indiana, Whoa. so it's about a thousand degrees outside. And um, I don't do well on no sleep, and I'm operating on about two hours here, so I am just out of my mind i don't know where it is or what time it is and you know i'm just kind of you know just you know, noodling and playing chords and i see this old dude that's an offensive term i see an elderly gentleman who is giving me the a stink ge- eye like a geezer is that a better there's this old dude giving me the stink eye from like you know a hundred yards away and i figure you know you're just being paranoid because you're overtired you're just being right. weird <laughs> And this dude motors his way up to me, and I'm kind of looking around. He goes, you playing a song? <laughs> <laughs> Strong opener? Y- yes. Is it a wedding song? <laughs> wow. So, yes. He goes, so it's appropriate then, <laughs> right? <laughs> Wow! Like what? How is it? Sure, I, 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 I think I just got bullied by an old dude for (laughs) the guitar chords I'm playing. Right. That's that's well. That's the thing is you weren't. You know, you didn't have a bass. You know, thumbing out Barry White to you were playing. You were just playing acoustic guitar chords. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So Jed's dealing with this now. Meanwhile, I'm on the side. And they're talking to me, and they say, we want you to do our sand ceremony. Now, I had never heard of this, no idea what they're talking about. Some of the people at home don't know what I'm talking about. But what it is is it's an outdoor wedding, so they can't do candles, like light candles, and it's a symbol of the light of the thing and the flame that will never go out, some kind of nonsense like that. So you can't do that. So what they said is, we're going to do a sand ceremony, and we want you to do it. You have to do the sand ceremony. I said, okay. A, I don't want wanna. I like super. <laughs> B, I just super don't wanna. And C, maybe get someone else to do it because uh, I don't want it. And they're like, no, it means so much to us, and so we would remember it and cherish it forever, and so on and so forth. I said, no, you. I know you won't, but okay, I will do it. And they said, okay. Uh, I said, what is it? Because I've never done it before, and it's almost certain I will screw it up. And you were warned. And so intentionally or unintentionally. They said you have a big giant bowl in front of you that's empty, and you have two different containers on either side of the bowl with two different colors uh, colors of sand. And then you pour the sand into the glass bowl and the sand combines and you say that that's a symbol that you can never separate the two that are being blended together. Wow, that's deep. So I said, that really doesn't sound like my kind of thing. <laughs> but, you know, okay. So they said, you know, so you have to do it. And my wife is there and she's giving, staring hate bullets at me and stuff because she knows I don't like to do it. And she knows that I'm not going to behave. And so um, <coughs> they came to the part of the ceremony and they said, okay, now we would do the sand ceremony. So I go up there and... All, what I'm supposed to do is explain the sand ceremony. And then do it. And then do it. Okay. So I, I said exactly this. We will now do the sand ceremony. 
It is a symbol of two colored sands being poured into the bowl that symbolically represents that they can never be separated. <laughs> and then that was it. <laughs> and my wife looked at me with pure disgust. I mean, just just the worst look. Of, I'm like, I don't know. That's what I was told. Plus, I don't know what else isn't to give that you. you behaving at the highest level at that point? Ab- There's this so is much point. else you could have said in that moment. This, this is my point. No, people that know me know that's the, the most restraint I've ever shown. Well, and also to the point that you were fighting your program, two things that will get you, if you're, if you ever come and preach at the bridge, Two things that will get you a scanned look from the boss, who is Glenn, and a very strong "don't do that anymore" conversation are cheesy metaphors yeah. and props. Yeah. Right. So you've asked Glenn to stay in front of people and do both okay. of these. So now here's what happens: is the two people in the wedding are going to pour their colors of sand into the thing to do the thing. Now they start pouring, and their friend starts playing a song on the guitar and singing that he had written for this <laughs> oh, Don't do that. Thing. To be okay. clear, this is not me. I've this already left. Not, <laughs> Jed has left the entire area. He is not Jed is, anywhere Jed is in, in it. Jed is south of Indianapolis by now. He, he is, is gone. gone. Okay, so here's what happens. This guy starts singing, and I am not, I am not exaggerating. We are 10 verses into this song. <laughs> Dude. Standing, was this friend Bob Dylan? No, and don't, you, you're not allowed to do that. I'm saying I, we're or standing there. Was he a there, medieval bard? <laughs> I mean, I, we're sweating like brand new inmates up in front of all these people, and we got the sand has been poured like ten minutes ago, and I'm looking out at the people. Now, here's the thing: is all the people that work for me are all in the back row of this thing, and they're all looking at me, laughing, laugh because they know I am miserable, and I'm just standing there trying to behave, and I and I I just hate everything and everyone. And I want to get off, and my wife is giving me dirty looks, and that's going to be a thing all the way home, and I got you know just whatever. And they're the, just the more mad and the more red face I get, the more they're laughing and poking fun of me. So from the front in the thing during the service, I pretended to wipe away sweat from my forehead, but I only used my middle finger to wipe the sweat away. Oh in a very subtle gesture. In a, in a gesture I felt was extremely subtle. <laughs> now, later, there was discussion about that. Was there a it, meeting? It, there, was, there, there was a meeting on that. So... When I say you don't want Jed or I at your wedding, I mean you really don't want us at your wedding. We will to review, offend your el- your elderly relatives, yep. and flick off all of your guests. <laughs> yes, the pictures will. And those not are not be isolated good. incidents, friend. <laughs> no. So yes. maybe to close this out to review, love is good. <laughs> we lo- we love you guys. We want y'all to get married. We want to be part of that process. We don't want to be at your wedding. Here's what here's what weddings in, involve. Yeah, and then uh, you got church. Yeah, you got dressing up. Ooh, you got family. Oh, and you got behaving. Yeah. And I just listed four things that Glenn and Jed simply cannot <laughs> no. deal with. No, individually, much less all combined. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster. So we will send you a lovely card. Real quick though, before we declare emergency off, Dave and Lauren, we love Absolutely. you. Congratulations. Woo! We're so proud of you. We're so happy for you. Oh, yeah. And yeah. to that point, I will throw this in. David sent us an email a week before the wedding. So, hey, we're going to marry in a few days. I have a say that related question. 
I've noticed that according to Glenn, the podcast not only makes marriages happen, but makes babies happen. Absolutely. The thing is Lord and I are young and we're getting started off in our careers and we would like not the babies to happen quite yet. Right. So what can you do to maybe give us a respite from the, say that baby curse? And the answer is nothing. 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 Let me tell you what, the potency is just there. (laughs) Dude. Okay. On that note, somebody say <laughs> emergency off, emergency off, emergency off. Thank you. Hey, I, and and uh, David Lauren and all the folks in the say that small group, uh, we love you a ton. It was really Amen. really cool to meet you guys. It was a beautiful Woo. wedding, and yeah, it was a good deal. Yes, Lee was in contact with the three of us via text on the day, and was legitimately impressed. And we have the text to prove it of how cool everybody he met was, how cool the say that small group folks yeah, are. Woo on that. You know, there is a Say That Small Group. Best we can tell, that's a one-of-a-kind thing. That's very mm. cool. People meet, uh, talk about this, you know, use this kind of a bi- small group Bible study. I still don't understand how that works. Yeah, sure. and dude, But it's working they, for them. Not only that, but they, they actually call it Say That so that when, you know, I would meet somebody and they'd say, you know, I'm so-and-so, I'm in Say That. You know, wow. and it was like, it, it was... Can it we take, sue them for It that? takes you back. You're like, wow, dude, you're in Say That. It was very cool. I'll make a note for the legal department, just the copyright claim on that. But well, also, and I think uh, I think some of that seemed pretty inappropriate. I don't, I don't yeah. think this show is really advisable. For Certainly not a family show. Yeah, no, you know what is good for all ages to use for your small group Bible study is Bridgebox Bible studies. Ah, every month in Bridgebox, you get four formatted Bible studies. They got verses, they got commentary on the verses, they've got memory verses and discussion questions. We got people using them in uh, middle school, Sunday schools down there in Tennessee. We got people using them in the jailhouse up here. Yeah. We've got uh, actually had a men's small group at uh, our, our friend Pete's dad's church used them for uh, their thing. Had Pete come in and teach that. Very cool. That's just one of the many things you get in Bridgebox for if you got maybe some ministry you're trying to do. We've also got worship songs with chords and lyrics that, and uh, PowerPoints that you can go ahead and lead. We've got sermons from Glenn and myself, and you can just steal all that stuff and say it yourself and pretend you came up with it. We fully Loot. endorse that. We've got articles from uh, leading experts and things like uh, drug recovery and homeless ministry and uh, some Christian professors and a lot of stuff you can get some smart ideas from. All that's in Bridgebox. MissionUSA.com slash Bridgebox, $8 a month. You get the Lee Younger branded version, which has a new song from Lee every month and some stuff he's curated from Bridgeboxes. It's MissionUSA.com slash BBLY. All right, we're going to jump into our first question here. If you have a question for us, hang out this all the way to the end. Let you know how to get in touch with this. This came in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox. It says, how do I know if I'm pursuing the desires God has placed in me or if my motives for going after things I want are completely selfish? Lee, kick us off. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a really cool question. It's a sharp question. And the the place that I'd like to start on this is uh, you really have n- not a whole lot of idea. I mean, when, when we talk about looking at our motives, one thing that the, that the Bible says about our hearts is that they're deceptive. I mean, we, we've got deceptive hearts, and we kind of never really know, uh, you know, what, what all is going on in there. I, I bet if, if, I was to, if I was able to look with clarity at every kind of everything I've ever wanted or the motivation behind different things that I've done, there would be some good things in those, in those desires, and there'd be some funky stuff in there, too. And that's with everything. You know, so what we're looking at is, you know, for the most part, is this thing I want, is it a good thing or a bad thing for me, for my walk, for my relationships, for my my health and that kind of stuff? And 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 so, you know, the, the idea of am I looking at something that's completely selfish or something that's completely pure? I don't think that we're going to find something that simple. 
I, I think that most of this stuff is going to be more complex than that. But knowing that, that being said, knowing that there's going to be something funky in just about everything, uh, in just about everything I want, there are some things that you want that are just really, really good. So if I if I do want something that's going to carry me forward in my walk with the Lord, that's going to give me more healthy relationships or whatever, those are things that that it's actually if you can if this makes any sense, it's actually good to be selfish about that. If if uh, if if I want something that's going to draw me closer to Jesus or that's going to um, or that's going to make my relationships more healthy, then I should not only be selfish about that, I should be greedy about that. I should go after that thing. Uh, a ton now is may there be something funky uh, you know down in my desire for that maybe maybe th- is there some jealousy in there is there some weirdness probably there's probably some kind of funky edge to it somewhere but if what i want is to be closer to the lord if what i want is to be working on my growing edges and stuff like that i should go after that stuff i should be selfish for it i should be greedy for it that's a really good point. Jack, Amen. can you pick up on that idea of there not being any such thing as a pure motive in us? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's part of living in just, you know, a fallen world being a fallen person is everything you want, you want for some kind of good sounding reasons and you want for some kind of bad sounding reasons. There, there, you will never in your life have anything that you want with 100% pure motives. Right. There, there just is no such thing. The reason that's important is I think for Christians a lot, when they're trying to make decisions, they're actually looking to their motivations to tell them whether this is a good decision or not. It turns out that's actually not a smart way to make decisions. You can have terrible motivations about doing something that's a very good idea. Right. So, so for example, um, you say, if I don't show up for work on time, the boss will probably get mad and fire me, so i probably got to show up for uh, work on time. Well, fear of punishment is actually not a good motivation. Uh, it's not healthy. It won't work in the long run. It's still good for you to show up at work on time. Right. Yeah. Uh, It's it, you know, and likewise, you can have really bad stuff, but the best of intentions, um, it doesn't keep it from being bad stuff. There's an old saying I bet you've heard the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You know, I mean, in truth, many, uh, you know, terrible tragedies in life came from people who meant well, their their motives to them, you know, were good. So I think anytime we're going to say I want I'm going to look to my motives to tell me if this is a good decision, that very rarely works out well. Uh, we need something else to help us know if a decision is good or not. But I think um, you know motives alone actually don't have the power, both because they we can have good motives about bad things and vice versa, but also because in most cases we have mixed motives about everything. Yeah, I think that's a strong point that and a lot of that idea of the way people navigate by their feeling about their own motive often gives us a skewed view that God only wants you to do stuff you don't enjoy. Right. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think um, certainly there are times when God calls us to do things or calls us into certain things that seem like we wouldn't like it or seems challenging or seems kind of overwhelming. Then we get into it and we realize this is awesome and fulfilling and more better than what I could have hoped for and so forth. Um, And as Lee is pointing out, uh, it, it, there is a, a in, an enjoyment within yourself towards that thing. I, I don't know that that's selfish exactly, just that you enjoy it, uh, but it's meant to be enjoyed, so why sure. the heck not? Let's not question that. Um, and I, I think, again, as these guys are saying, uh, just as a point of logic, there's uh, anything can be argued into being a selfish sure, yeah, you know, yeah. guy guy runs into a burning building well you know he was just trying to 
be famous from coming out and photograph and everyone will think he's cool. That's all. That's the only reason why he did that. You can assign a selfish motive to anything. So I don't think that's the, the thing to chase in terms of what we're looking at. There's also yeah, that whole thing. I'm sorry, Matt, to cut you off. No, go for it. I think about that stuff and the the stuff that Jesus says in in the scripture, where he says, "If you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven, then you have to be the least of everybody. You have to be the servant of all." And I love that concept of Jesus saying, "You know what? There's actually nothing wrong with you wanting to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That's actually that's actually a great thing." Let me tell you how to do that. You do that by being everybody's servant, you know. So that that idea that there's some things that that you know sometimes as Christians we can look at something and say, well, an apparently selfish motive is inherently a bad thing. But yeah. Jesus is saying, yeah. actually, if you want to be the greatest, there ain't nothing wrong with that. If you want to be the single yeah. greatest person in the whole kingdom of heaven, I'll just go ahead and tell you the shortcut to how to pull that off. And we can go there. And so there's actually nothing right. wrong with certain things that we think are selfish just because of the way they come off. I think that's such a great point. And to build on that, Jesus, a lot of his parables revolved around people with very weird motivations doing the thing God wanting them to do and God not having a problem with that. So yeah. perfect example of that is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, the dude uh, had some pretty not spiritual motivations for going home. Right. He was hungry. He was slopping pigs, starving to death, saying, I I got to do something about this. Yeah. And he went home. He, In other words, Christians would say, well, we need to go home for the sake of his glory, for the <laughs> glory yeah. of the anointing. His magnificence. Yeah. Just the splendor of his majesty. But that's not, you know, dude went home because <laughs> I hear they got burgers there, so that's where yeah. I'm headed. Yeah. And he went home uh, on a manipulative tip. His plan right. was to go and say, oh, Father, I'm not fit to be called your child. Oh, Lord, if you could just let me maybe work for it. That's manipulation. That's, you know, that's a weird, funky thing. That, and the thing is, this is the important thing, is God saw through all of that and loved him anyway. It, they were on yeah. di two different agendas, really. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. You know what's very funny about that idea of the prodigal son? I'm sitting here thinking, what would that, if it wasn't a parable, if it didn't exist, and a Christian writer from... 2014 came up with that what would it go like and it would certainly be you know he had all this money and this good food and he was but there was just something and he just went back to his poor neighborhood right. to be with his father they didn't have any food but it was just to be with wow. his father yeah like yeah. and you know there's a grain of truth in that sure. as well but that's not what jesus said and not at all another parable of you know we, I think we referenced more on the show, the parable of the talents, yeah. where the guy says to the character in this parable, who pretty clearly represents God, I knew you were a hard man, and I was scared to screw up. Yeah. Right. Now, that that's what the last guy says, but they all say that. Yeah. Right. One says, right. I knew you were a hard man, so I made sure to do this the right way and double your money. Yeah. Right. And at no point does the person go... To say, I'm not a hard man. Sure. Right. So I knew you would be merciful and graceful, and it's just that idea of there's actually... Nothing wrong with being selfish, but as Lee's pointing out, you have to let Jesus call shots on what that selfishness is. Mm -hmm. And part right. of that is you got to get a little outside input. Maybe, Lee, can you talk us a little bit about what that looks like from look, talking through a mentor about your motivations? Yeah, absolutely. So look, that's one thing is, you know, if you're really concerned with... The stuff that I'm, the stuff that I want for myself is this. Is this something that is this selfish or is this good stuff? Well, as we're saying, that's going to be a mixed bag every time. What about 
asking somebody outside of yourself, somebody that you trust, you know, you got, you know, hopefully you've got somebody in your life like that, either a really good friend with a great walk with the Lord or a mentor, somebody that's beyond you. You know, one of the things that that I've got is, uh, you know, I've got I've got a pastor like that who's a friend and a mentor, and occasionally we'll look at certain things and he'll and he'll just say, "Why is it that you want to do that?" And um, you know, in that moment, you know the you know, I, I'm, I'm looking into my own kind of mind and heart and saying, well, I think, I think that my motivation is this. And he's like, that's cool. Well, I think that's really cool. And, uh, I mean, there may be some, and, you know, and sometimes he'll say, was there any of this kind of stuff sprinkled in there? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure. As far as I know, it's this, it's this thing over here. And he'll say, great, that's awesome. Sometimes we'll be talking about a thing and he'll say, you know what, um, you know, you sometimes have a tendency to, to see things in this light or to, or to go after this kind of thing. My advice to you would be to sit this one out, to, uh, to kind of to take a knee on this one and, and let this opportunity move on. And the question at that point is, if I'm willing to be honest with a mentor and be vulnerable or a friend, am I, am I, willing, to, am I willing to listen to them and say, they can see something in myself that I can't see. They can see a blind spot. That, that I'm not able to see and I'm gonna listen to them on that thing and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna you know take a pass on this one or um, or I'm gonna take their green light and go for it that's absolutely great and actually that's something Glenn's kind of um, working with some of our friend Pete who does a lot of direct ministry with us kind of working on mentoring people and you, I think you had recently a talk with one of the guys about what they can get out of being honest about their desires and motivations with that person right <clears throat> absolutely part of what uh we were doing is we're, we're sort of uh, uh, in our ministry, there's a bit of one person puts the ball in the tee and the other one hits it kind of a thing where we, we try and um, uh, work a, a group strategy on some of the guys that we're trying to work with. We had a guy who um, really was uh, very stressed out about what he wanted to accomplish. And he had sort of his own set ideas on how he wanted to accomplish those things. And they were super, 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 super bad ideas and weren't going to work and whatever have you. But there were sort of his ideas, if you see what I mean. And he's yeah. very stuck on that. And I think he's like a lot of us who, you know, this is the career I think I want to do. This is the, the, the kind of place I want to live in. This is the lifestyle I think. And it's some of those ideas are just terrible, but you know, how do we, you know, uh, we we won't let ourselves be talked out of it. Some of the the, the ideas are terrible. The goals and motivations aren't bad. You say I exactly want to have right. a nice job and I want to live in a safe place, and that's nothing exactly wrong with that. exactly right. So that's what I I told uh, this one particular brother we were working with is to go to Pete, uh, who works for us. I uh, was dealing with him. I said, go to Pete and tell him what you want to accomplish, how and what your goals and desires are. And then ask Pete how to accomplish that in a good, solid, godly way. And uh, recognize that what Pete tells you is the shortest, fastest, easiest, most squared away, stable, biblically sound way to do that. Uh, if that departs from your idea how to do that, then that's the part that you have to question and look at. But it's, it, uh, I think we have a tendency to sort of uh, questioning the motives that we have, uh, but we don't look at the ways that we're going about getting that stuff done. You know? That's actually right. And part of what you were stressing in that conversation was, and part of what Lee talked about too, is different sides of the same kind of conversation is be honest about what you want and why you think you want it with this yeah, person yeah. and you'll learn more about it. You'll get further along that process. Maybe as we say, it gets red light, but it's also important to do that directly with God 
and then get some ammo yeah. to listen on. Jed, can you maybe unpack that for us a little bit? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, at the at the end of the day, the, if you can dig it, if you think about raising uh, children, you got you know a little child. Um, yeah, you would love for them to not only do what you ask them to do, but to have a perfect attitude about it and you know all the right motivations in doing it. But there, that a that's not realistic, and and b there's a moment. Uh, I actually I remember um, you know I was hanging out with Lee several years ago, and and one of his kids was uh, we were trying to go somewhere. One of his kids talking about something, and Lee said, "Honey, I hear you, but right now I just need you to obey me." Um, and she nodded, said, oh, "Okay," and you know, uh, hopped in the car. But I think there's something about the way that the Lord deals with us that that is very much like that, where it's I know you got a lot of you know thoughts and I and opinions and judges. I want to hear all, of them, but also we're we're trying to get in the car now. I, I need you to right, yeah. go ahead and just hop in hop in the car the problem is in our individual day-to-day life we need to seek wisdom on what it is the lord's asking us to do um once we have a picture of what he's asking us to do we can worry about how we feel about it and our thoughts and our motivations and and you know uh, getting all that out but if we're not really sure what he's asking us to do then um it's a lot of the questions of motivation aren't really appropriate yet. So through talking with a mentor and older Christians, through um, uh, reading the word and through stillness and prayer, that's how we seek the Lord's voice um, and ask him in this arena of my life, what are you asking me to do? You know, where, where are you asking me to go? And again, once we get that wisdom from him of what he's going to do, you know, absolutely, we should look at how do we feel about it and which parts of our motivations are good and which parts are bad. But we kind of need to know what we're being asked to do before we can get into that point of worrying about do we have a right attitude about it. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That's absolutely right. I'll, I'll encapsulate this a little bit with this is kind of one of the, um, the, the passages of Scripture that we kind of have taken on our own here in Mission USA. It's out of Matthew 21. It's called the parable of the two sons. Yeah. I'll give you the summary on this. Jesus is giving a parable. He says, a man had two sons and he told him, told the first one, go work in the vineyard today. And the kid said, no, I don't want to. <laughs> right. And he stormed off. And then later he went, ah, I should probably go work in the vineyard. And he did it. And then he had a second son. And he said, go work in the vineyard. He said, I think that sounds great. I'm excited to be a part of this project. For the yes. majesty I'm of your glory. Do it for your majesty. Mm, and just, then he went and did we whatever. Just, he, today, Lord, we just, mm, we want to work in that vineyard. Mm. You can taste, <laughs> see, he's tasting the holiness. Yeah. Mm. Yes. He's savoring it. Mm. Jesus asked the disciples, who did what their father actually asked him to? Yeah. I said, the one who had a bad attitude, but did it anyway. Yeah. So one of the things, I'll close out here, is you're looking at motivations, as we started out with, your motivations are always going to be a little murky. Yeah. But in a situation where it's clear what to do, you're right. saying, I know I want to do this thing, and I feel like God's pointing me in this direction. I don't know if I have the right motivation. I don't know. Maybe I want to go to this Bible study, but it's only because there's, you know, cute members of the opposite sex there and all this. If you go do the thing, and then it works, now you have, you did the right thing, you know that, and now you can deconstruct and say, well, yeah. You can break it down with a mentor in prayer, say, well, I did this and this worked out. I actually feel if I'd gone into it with a little better attitude on this, it may have worked out even better. So the next time, absolutely, it's been a lot forward. But what I think one of the big things we're saying is your motivations never override your actions. You yes. say, well, I didn't do the thing, but I did it with a good attitude, and that counts. Or, well, sure, I went down and uh, you know helped the poor, but I, did, I was like grumbly about it. So I don't know <laughs> if that even counts. Right, right. It's really not in there. All right, we're going to move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says... I'm interested in this guy. He's a born-again Christian, and in his past, he has been intimate with several girls. That's good euphemism right there. Mm-hmm. Though I like him quite a bit, I am scared to make a move because I don't feel like I would measure up to a lot of the girls he has been with in the past. No. Because 
you'll get your turn. <laughs> I have a mildly obsessive list of things to read first because A, they all seem like nice girls, so why didn't it work out? B, I'm not sure if you'll like me. C, if this does go anywhere, I'm sexually inexperienced, aka a virgin, and I have no clue if he will be dissatisfied because of his previous experience. How do I resolve all of this without missing out? And then in a sentence that this person unintentionally used to summarize all Christian dating in the year of our Lord 2014, I think he's a great guy, but I'm scared frozen. <laughs> Glenn, why don't you kick us off? Scared frozen sounds pretty sexy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, you. You've taken the wrong turn somewhere. If that's if, if we're if we're shooting for alluring and we end up at scared frozen, uh, I, I. But I think that's the whole thing, beginning and end. When we are in counseling situations, one on one, you know, here in the ministry, when we're dealing with people, um, there's often the. The, the main problem, the underlying problem, the issue, and then there's sort of the list of excuses yep. to sort of in some way excuse the nature of that problem. Uh, okay. Fear is the problem, but, you know, in some ways those fears are founded, y'all, because of circumstances and issues. Sure. Okay? And things and virgins. Bible says, "Do not fear unless there are circumstances and issues." Exactly. Here's the thing: uh, perfect love casts out all fear. That's what the Bible says here. Uh, if we want to enter into a loving relationship, uh, we want to get get rid of that fear as part of what we're dealing with. So, I think first and foremost, uh, it's it's about recognizing that fear is a choice in a situation. You've made that choice. And now you're sort of looking for ammo to back that choice up. The, that was a wrong choice, so don't yep. do that. Um, I think there's a chance maybe that someone helped you become ner uh, nervous and fearful about this stuff. There's a lot of material out there that deals with that. Uh, but, you know, I'll pass it around to these guys, but uh, we do get a certain amount of questions about this stuff, about I'm inexperienced and I'm worried what that might, right. whatever. And it may be worth pointing out, there is actual <laughs> material, like, and, and I'm talking about, I'm not talking about porn yep. at all. I'm talking about biological information about how to do these things, yep. sexual stuff. And uh, whatever have you, you don't need to worry about that until after. Just for example, you meet him <laughs> and okay. and talk to him, and date him, have a relationship with him, get engaged, get married, probably by Lee Younger, and then these issues are going to come up. So we have time to investigate. Absolutely, the, there is plenty of information on that. Uh, so I think the 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 fears are really unfounded. Oh, There's another thing in here. I'm sorry, Matt. It. I was just going to say, you know, I think one of the problems that we want we run into so much with questions just like this one is, and bless your heart. I mean, we, you know, uh, you, as Glenn's saying, you got what's happened is you get yourself wound up, and then you get kind of behind. You know, you you kind of underneath so many fears that all it's it's all just kind of overwhelming. But yeah. you know the. Word, the words that are used in the question are important because, you know, I think you're you're writing this question. You want to you want to be nice with the language, so you say he's a born again Christian. In his past, he's been intimate with several girls. We need to pause there. It would have been better for you to say he's had sex with several girls. 
because the issue that one of the issues here is is when okay. a lot of times yeah. girls are getting with uh, uh, you know a girls getting with a guy you know getting together with a guy to date a guy that's that's already been sexually with with you know some other girls and there's and they're so worried that because of their inexperience they're going to be bad at it when it comes time to get married and and you know it's it's all systems go and they're you know they're he's going to be comparing me to you know to whatever and the thing is is that and this is the whole deal everybody every every everybody that is you know having sex in high school and college and you know that don't have any kind of relationship they don't have any kind of they're not doing this the lord's way at all not checking in with him not it, they they all put up this front that it's the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of the world here's the deal y'all they're all lying about yeah, that's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody's lying about it. Now, in order to have a good, healthy sex life, you have to have the intimacy and the relationship that comes with making this lifelong promise with somebody and getting to know them and working together and talking about it and stuff. But using the word intimate with what this guy's been through, it's not actually a good word. It doesn't yeah. actually make the question yeah. nicer. It 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 helps. It what it does is it prevents us from seeing the actual issue, which yeah. is he had sex with some girls. Right. Yeah. Amen. Well, just to build on that, I think that's so true. Uh, the, the thing that allows sex to be good and to be satisfying is love. That's, okay. that's it. There, you, can't, you can have sex without love. There's no question about that. You cannot have satisfying sex without love. Period. The end. Right. You, you're wondering, will you stack up to these other people? Um, to paint you a picture, if the two of you date and you know fall in love and build a relationship and build a life and get engaged and plan a wedding and get married and then um, proceed to have a lot of sexy time, as you should. If, if all that happens, um, you will be the greatest lover he has ever known. No question, because there will be love in yeah, the midst absolutely. of that love making um if you want a recipe for disappointment take sex subtract love yes, and dude. you will have disappointment and here's the yeah, here's the thing and we're about to get pg-13 here for a moment but i'm guessing you already know that to be true because you've never found masturbation to be an incredibly fulfilling experience right, right. Well, that's just a version of sex without love. Right. That's that's all that is. You, and you've never had that experience and gone, wow, that really blew my mind. That's, that's uh, I'm fulfilled now. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. It, it happened to momentarily scratch an itch. Mm -hmm. That's all. The other side of it is the mechanics. And this goes back to what Glenn was saying. The mechanics of sex are very simple. Yes. And very, very straightforward. And even when it's, when it's not good, it's still pretty good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, it's not that bad. Guaranteed, mark my words, two people who love each other, who are committed to each other, and are therefore committed to each other's satisfaction and pleasure, will figure out how to have a good and satisfying sex yes. life. And if I could jump in there, I think that's the big thing is to recognize when you're first married, there's a whole process of figuring each other out. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. That, and, and, yep. and that's, and believe me, that's, that's, that's not a chore either. No, no one's no. sitting I mean, around. If we have to, I mean, I think we need to continue to investigate, you know, that's, uh, that's to the laboratory. A, yeah. There's no problem there. <laughs> you got the rest of your life to learn how to please one another. But if we want to take all this to, to the next, uh, sort of level in terms of giving you a vision for 
Um, We're already at PG thirteen. I don't know much on how much next level we have to go. Well, I'll I'll just take it past there then. <laughs> I, I, I thanks for urging me on. Uh, here's what I think is is that um, really I th- maybe what you're looking for is to know that you'll have not just be um, you know a sexually active person and that you know whatever you're looking for will i really be able to please someone and satisfy them and maybe on a deeper level kind of yeah. like what jed's talking about where it's not just a physical thing where it's an emotional thing as well and i think uh again we'll we'll, we'll keep it pg-13 but i think that's about um uh uh expressing an interest and a desire in your partner yes in a way yeah. that is um uh open and vulnerable yes uh you know it's it's when you're in church and everyone's behaving and uh we're wrapping up the service and your beloved leans over and says when we get back to the house it's 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 gonna be on so just know that so then you're like whoa that's exciting you know that's that's the good stuff is i don't know what that dude preached about but i'm coming back (laughs) yeah yeah, exactly (laughs) yeah but that's that's when it's fun that's when it's exciting but see fear reels all that in we're not putting that kind of stuff out there we're not expressing that sexy feeling out there because we're all wondering and insecure and all that Mm -hmm. that's no that's killing everything so that's part of why we're urging you to kind of uh, release that fear let the lord take that away from you because we want more of that imagination well i think you can see throughout this question fear kind of running through it because we we spent a lot of time on the uh, third party question i don't want to totally neglect the first two but we can take care of them quickly because there's not much to them they all seemed like nice girls so why didn't it work out because relationships don't succeed or fail based on the goodness of the two people involved in them. Yes, right. right. Much like we're saying, there's no real such thing as maybe someone's just real good at sex, regardless of partner or feelings or any of that. That's not really how yeah. that works. Well, yeah, and and I, I I wanted to just based on what you just said, Matt, I wanted to 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 hit one more thing on where we were before, and I, I think what happens is, and and for those you know. For folks on Tumblr, for folks on uh, you know, it's on movies, it's in novels and everything else. The the informa- the constant information that we get is that the key that makes sex work is sexy bodies and pretty people. Yeah. Now, Lee, when you it, say information referring to Tumblr, you mean black and white porn gifs, right? That just <laughs> pop up on my dashboard and I'm asked for. I mean, this is the this Christian is women the, out there. I'm the, following. We see that. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing is that this is the information that everybody has is, you know, that you know, you grow up in this thing thinking that what makes sex work is it's pretty people at sexy bodies that you that's that's the recipe when the truth is, as Jed's saying, that the thing that makes sex satisfying has so much more to do with knowing each other has so much more to do with acceptance it has to do with as as glenn said before this idea of spoiling each other with pleasure it's just it's something that you get better at the older you get yeah i mean you know it's like when you've been married you know you talk about when you've been married with somebody for a long 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 time these are the people that are getting it figured out and it's the that's the exact opposite of all the information you're getting and that's why you know it doesn't matter what somebody's experience was in the past, if they're walking with Jesus, that they're not going to want to, number one, if, you, if you're if you with a guy that's walking with the Lord, he's not going to want to push you 
past any boundaries, he's going to be seeking the Lord on where you guys should be, and he's going to be encouraging you, helping you get there. He wants to respect you. He's not going to be comparing you to anybody. And and the the more that you figure out how to walk with, you know, walk with each other and walk with Jesus in the midst of that, that's going to be his your relationship with him. It's going to be even just the hanging out part is going to be better than the you know the 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 sexual experiences he had in the past that he's trying to move away from. Right. That's absolutely great. We're going to move on to our last question here. It also came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, Dear Say That, which I personally appreciate the formality. Mm, yes. Quite. Mm. I'm a workaholic, and it's hurting my walk with the Lord. My mind has been on nothing but college and work, so much so that I haven't been to church in years, don't have any Christian friends, and have never been on a date. I want so Whoa. badly to have fellowship, adventure, and romance in my life, but my folks, who I live with, want me to focus on my career and get financially and getting financially independent. They're afraid I will lose focus on my goals if I, you know, have a life. Help. Wow. <laughs> Jed, kick us off. Ow. Well, my friend, if it, if it helps at all, I can relate to what you're describing. Um, Are you I, saying someone with a degree in electrical engineering has a little bit of the workaholism? I, I understand. Uh, in fact, I overstand. Jed Brewer. That's right. Trademark Jed Brewer. I went there. I, here's the thing I'd encourage you to do um, is for sure it's time for a change. No yeah. question about yeah. that. Yeah. But I think where we want to start, if I could give you, you know, just three things to start with, start small, start yeah. practical, and start with stuff. Um, actually, you mentioned electrical engineering. I was going to say start binary. Start with things where you can know whether or not you did them. In other words, don't resolve to make more friends because it's kind of hard to know when you've achieved that. Right. But you can yeah. say this week there's a Bible study on Wednesday night. I am going to go because that way, you know, you either went or you didn't. There's there's no confusion about yeah. reaching the goal. I think when you're when you're making any kind of life change, but particularly I'm very familiar with overwork and workaholism i think it's easy to say i'm gonna make a big change all at once and that might be a little bit harder to pull off than than you think but if you say i'm gonna put two things in my week uh, this week that i'm going to do that are just purely for my pleasure purely for me to meet other people purely for me to get you know built up and, and lifted up maybe there's a, a young adults group on thursday night and maybe there's a you know a, a men's breakfast on tuesday morning but i'm going to do those things and i'm going to discipline myself to do those things i think that's the key here's what i would strongly guess about your situation is you've approached school and then work with a great deal of discipline you know, you've got, you know, you've got to just decide to do this stuff and stay on it. And it'll sound weird, but you actually, you need to approach this other stuff with discipline as well. You need to, to make a plan, but then be disciplined about executing that plan so that those things begin to uh, get fit into your life. That's absolutely right. And part of that well-roundedness is it helps you kind of achieve even these goals you're looking at with career and school, right? Absolutely. That's, uh, it's, it's important for us to recognize uh, and and I say this uh, true confessions. I'm an, I'm an overworker as well, and I recognize we're actually just talking with a member of our staff before we recorded here about how we were urging him get your rest, uh, get you know get breaks in your workday, do whatever it takes to clear your head and get a balance going because you will work more productively yes, if you right. do that. There's a ton of research on that too. About no question. and time off task. Absolutely right. It sounds kind of counterintuitive, but it's absolutely true. So what you're working with mom and dad is a super 
bad strategy to accomplish the goals that they want right. to accomplish. That's what maybe the first thing we ought to look and fixate on here or foundational thing we ought to fixate on is even if I agreed with the idea of having this perfect career, which for what is that doing and whatever, even if I agreed with that, this is the worst way to do that. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we, we have to do something different. So the goal can't be that important. Right. You know, the Bible says, what what is a profit of man? You know, uh, gain the whole world but lose his soul. You're trading off your life and sanity yep. and relationships with people and relationship with God and relationships with the opposite sex for a job. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think one of the things that's interesting is that, like, with with parents and especially, and this this kind of works for young folks too. Is is it's weird where parents like like if you were just to say, I'm going to take this afternoon. I'm going to take a couple hours this afternoon. And I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to go to a park and I'm going to get some coffee. I'm going to take a walk. And and somebody might, you know, you might have a parent freak out about something like that. But it's a really weird thing. And it's not like a deceptive thing. But if you just tell somebody, well, because here's a weird thing about our society that that people have an am- amazing amount of respect for your for your planner. Like what's what's on the, you know, what's in the date book. Yeah. You know, so if you say, well, I have an appointment. You know, I've got actually I can't do that thing because I've got an appointment at three. You know, you know, uh, on this side of town, and they'll and people are like, "Oh, great!" And you don't have to tell them that that appointment is. I'm going to be by myself yeah. in a park with a cup of coffee and my iPod. You know, and uh, I'm going to take a walk. And it's one of those things where when you make space and you you know you tell people like I I can't do that because I've got a thing. It's a, it's a way for you to stand up for the fact that I've I'm going to get some balance in my life. Like Jed saying, be disciplined about it. Like and like Glenn saying, it actually is going to make you more productive at the thing that you're everybody wants you to go for. But to couch it in a way that that people won't that people won't mess with it, and it allows you to make space for that thing. And I think. I bet that what you're going to find is when you start intentionally making space for some of these things, like Jed saying, accomplishable things, I know that I did that. I know that I took a couple hours and just did something for me right there. Or I know I took 45 minutes and I just watched this show that I happen to like yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What you're going to find is you're going to start to look forward to those times. No doubt. You're going to start to look forward to them big time. And at some point, you're going to get bold enough to put caution tape around them and say, this is my time. Nobody's entering in, and that's a very healthy thing. Amen. Whether that's going to the gym or yes. going, you know, going to, uh, you know, going for a run, or if it's just I'm sitting on the couch and I'm watching this baseball game and nobody else is invited, you know, whatever that is, thing is. If you start with the discipline, like Jed's talking about, what you're going to find is the productivity and the gladness and everything kind of goes up in every 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 other area, and you're going to start being selfish about that thing, which is actually a good deal. Yeah, I think one of the things on this that is weird is it's easy to get caught up in and it sounds like your parents getting caught up and you're kind of buying into that is there's this weird, it's easy to get obsessed with what it looks like as opposed to what it is. Yes. And yeah, yeah. Maybe speaking from a little bit of experience dealing with parents and teachers and stuff, there's this weird idea of, I, I just need you to look like this is work. you're working hard. Yeah. Yeah. Now there's a yeah, thing yeah. where college takes, tends to take three or four years, no matter what you can work, you can be in the, you can be in the library for 12 hours instead of six. Still going to take four years to get that degree. Yep. yep. Getting a job in a crappy economy sometimes means you have to put in 200 applications, and uh, you could sit down and 
write those real hard pressing the pen into the paper, but that yeah, actually right. doesn't get it quicker. And you're, it's sometimes we all have to get to the point where we say, my parents are nice people, but they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Either that, they're crazy, or they're from a different time or a different culture. One of the things we've talked about a little bit here, the generational gap here is if you're if you're at college age now and your parents are kind of from the previous generation, they could, without a bachelor's degree, with just a high school diploma, when they were coming up, get a job in like a manufacturing sector and work five, ten hours of overtime, and that wage would pay for the wife to not have to work and a house and a car and a middle class thing. Not no mo. It doesn't exist anymore. Yep. But it's kind of hard to explain to them that no, this that I I there's no plant to go to. Right. I can't just do that part. Yeah. Yep. So some of this is letting go of your parents thinking you're doing things the right way. Did you have some doubt on this? Absolutely. One thing, and you know, Lee said it. You know, we're not trying to get you to be uh, deceptive, um, and and we're not. But there is something for sure to be said for. Um, going to campus going to campus and structuring things on your terms to uh, save the conversations that need to be had at some point for when you're ready to have them as an example you you want to have you said you've never been on a date you know you really want to you want to hook that up so let's say that you work during the day you have a nine to five which it, it sounds like is the case here um what i'd encourage you to do get on eHarmony and start meeting people and schedule lunch dates um, right. And mm-hmm. uh, simply do that. Say, I'm looking to go out and meet people over lunch. Your parents aren't going to know what's going on, so they don't have... Because I understand part of it is I don't want them harassing me about school, but I also don't want to have to answer a bunch of questions. Who is she? How did that go? Right. You know, structure it in a way where you're able to maintain your privacy. You're able to do things on your terms. There's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot to be said for that. All of us would encourage you to move towards a point in the future where maybe you're not living with your parents and you're able yes. to have some more freedom and autonomy in your life. But that's also not yeah. going to happen tomorrow. So we need to be able to take some steps forward without completely um, exacerbating the situation that you're already in while making progress at the same time. And that's one good way to do that. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree with that. And I, I think. You know, what we're trying to do is give you a sense of proportion here. For sure, we do not want you to disrespect your parents. Uh, we we want you to respect it at, at the very least. You know, they're putting a roof over your head, putting uh, food on the table. And, and that that's, uh, I think that uh, sort of obligates you to, uh, you know, uh, uh, deal with a lot of stuff that they're putting your way. Okay, sure. that part's fine. Here's another element of this we, we'd like for you to look at. Um, if you are a parent and you have a child who's entering, let's say their twenties or early twenties into their college career, and this person, this child that they have has no Christian friends, is not going to church, has no sense of fellowship, adventure, adventure, as you put it, or romance that this person, this child you have Mm. is reaching the end of their college career. They have never been on a date. If you as a parent are watching this happen to your child, you if you were balanced and normal and healthy and looking at that as a parent, which is, you know, not, not always are there. And we can be understanding about that. But if you're looking at that, you're pulling your child aside and say, you make good grades it's good enough. You're fo- yeah. We want you focused on school. You are. We yeah. we want you to do well and be ambitious towards having a good career. 
We can see that you've well and truly done that and lapped it and add extra. And now you did it. Yeah, you did it. Now we're overdoing it. And we need for you to take a, a lighter course load. We need you to get going with, with uh, your love life. We need to, uh, to get you into some fellowship uh, because there has to be some balance. Any normal, healthy parent would do that. But what we have here is a situation where the parents, your parents, are uh, worried and fearful and concerned for you in a way that's become this obsessive feedback and they just get more worried and more worried and more worried. And they're projecting that on you. you you've got to study. You've got to study. You've got to study. You've got to study. And you, what we're doing is everything about the way you're handling the situation is reinforcing that. And everything is enabling that. So that's this giant ball of we're just we just keep going in the same direction to a point where we are soon to break down. You cannot do this forever. You are you are headed for a meltdown. So. There needs to be a point where we begin the discussion with the parents. Not necessarily, let's, let's stop for once looking at the future. Let's look at the past, the recent past. This is a bad idea. This is a bad way to live. These are bad choices. They seem responsible because you're doing this thing with the, you know, making good grades, blah, blah, blah. No, this is not a way for a human being to live a life. And I need you to keep me in check and keep me from making decisions like this. I need you to help me have a balanced life where I have all these good things in my life, romance and all sorts of adventures and so forth. But I also make good grades and I'm also on, on my way to a, a prosperous career. I need for you to help me do that. What, what we're doing is we're looking at one thing, mm-hmm. overdoing it to a point of insanity with no one calling foul. And we can't keep doing that. What are we going to do next moving forward? Well, I think part of the uh, the mentality on that, which it's never worked out for anyone, but a lot of us have it anyway, is this idea of, well, if we've worked, if we've worked super hard on this now, I'll have this one part laid out, and then I can be happy. Yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. I could do <laughs> the six years of abject misery, but then I'll have a career and yeah. I can be happy. Uh-uh. And that only makes sense if you've never known anyone with a good career who right. was miserable. Right. Yep. And uh, you're listening to Four Guys in this podcast who know plenty of people who worked hard and studied and have exactly the job they aimed for and made partner when they were 26, and they would step in front of a bus tomorrow if they could muster up the courage. Yep, that's <laughs> right. It's not really what you're aiming for. One of the things that we want to point out is you can be happy today. Yep. And yes. anyone who, yeah. any advice that says, no, happiness today, joy today is an impossibility, we must plant a seed of joy that will at some point Uh grow. That's not the way to go. Well, to that point, the research on the subject of happiness says that circumstance only accounts for about 10% of a person's happiness. Right. So. Well, I mean, in the Bible, it says rejoice. It does not say create an environment in which rejoicing will come. Rejoice. Yeah. You, it's one of the things we want to point out here. I think one more practical thing I'll throw into this is look at this idea of, um, you know, they want me to focus on my career and be financially independent. Both solid goals. Real solid, we say them out loud. You don't give us any um, more to go on, so I'm going to make a couple of uh, guesses here and speak to the broader situation. Uh, Glenn was talking earlier about uh, some conversations we have with some of the guys we work with here in the neighborhood. One of the things we've been working with on them, with them recently is this idea of you can't just jump to the ideal situation. Yeah. So clearly yeah. what you would want to do 
is live with mom and dad in college and save up some money and be working. And then you will have your degree and get the good job and move downtown into the two bedroom apartment with the home office and the thing from people. Who go, but maybe what would be healthier for your, your mental overall insanity is to live in a slightly crappy college apartment with two roommates who yeah. go to the student ministry thing who are Christian and you find them on Craigslist exactly. and says looking for a Christian roommate. Yeah. And that's not going to be as comfortable. That's not going to be as ideal, but it will be that step towards finance. That is financial independence. Much in the same yep. way you can choose joy to a certain extent. You can decide what financial independence is. Yes. Yep. If you have a situation you're willing to work for. So I hope we give you some stuff to chew on on that with, but we, we're in your corner. If you have uh, specific questions as you move along on this process, we're happy to do that. You can find all of us on the blogs. You can keep writing into the podcast. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or thebridgechicago.tumblr.com. We want to remind you that we are smack dab in the middle of the Bridge Podcast Month of Eric Peters being our guest worship leader. Oot. Brand new hymn from Eric recorded exclusively for us every week here in the month of October. That comes out every Monday. We also have the Bridge Loud, which comes out every Friday. That's a hard rock podcast. Features the same kind of bridge preaching and stuff you'll hear on that Bridge podcast. Not the same sermon. It's staggered out. And Lee, I believe the Water Tower's uh, return is imminent? We are on the way. Water Tower, if you haven't heard of that, very awesome um, worship kind of podcast that Lee puts together. Great preaching from his boss down there in uh, Tennessee. Some awesome music. Folks may have heard of like Neil Carpenter, Andrew Osanga from Lee himself. Jed's contributed. Uh, you can find that on iTunes, The Water Tower. There's currently three seasons up. That's right. Currently three, three full and seasons. And we've got a couple little extra episodes, one from preaching from Matt and uh, one from myself. Absolutely, you can on that. And remember, you can sign up for Bridge Rocks. You can sign up for Lee Younger Bridge Rocks, missionusa.com slash Bridge Rocks, missionusa.com slash BBLY. One of the things you'll find on the October Bridge Box is a song from our friend Sam Manessis. Sam used to be a worship leader up here in Chicago and has since moved down to the Atlanta area to do some church planning, worship leading. Great dude, great music. We're going to take you out this week with one of his songs. It's about stepping out of your comfort zone, but letting God be your comfort when you do that. Giving courage goes along, goes along with a lot of what we've been talking about. That song's called I'll Be Okay. We're going to leave you with that. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do. We'd like to think we're married to our fans. Hashtag creepy. <laughs> <laughs> best part is that on his paper he wrote out hashtag. Yeah, right. I'll be okay as long as you tell me I'm alright. I'll be okay